0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, but I'm not doing this. I'm running about NFL and fantasy football for sportingnews.com. Come to the site now, get all you need for Week 17. It's all Sunday and Monday action, no Thursday night game tonight, so we avoid that and worrying about our lineup decisions there. We can figure out all the injury and COVID uh, situations, and play them to our advantage, as well as uh, start to look at the matchups, the best and worst there, looking offensively, defensively, to find out who are the best plays across the board here, and who we feel most confident about among the studs, and who we want to look at to put in our DFS lineups, and we'll get more into that on lineup Friday to close the week, so look at the DFS uh, core targets there across positions for DraftKings and FanDuel, injury updates as well there for you, so We'll do a closing show there before the new year, our final two shows of 2021. We'll get into our matchup Thursday here, breaking down what we're seeing in the later games. We have one more 1 p.m. Eastern time game. We'll break that game down, then go all to late afternoon and the two final primetime games of the week. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available to you on all platforms. Alright, let's uh, dive right into the games on this back end of the schedule. Rams-Ravens, it feels like that should be a late game. It's not. They moved it back, actually, rolled it back because of looking at uh, Lamar Jackson. We'll see if he can return from the ankle injury. Also, the Ravens, in total free-fall losers of four straight games. The Rams have taken first place in the NFC West. A lot of motivation here on both sides. Let's break it down. Three and a half point favorites. That's the line for the Rams here on the road. The Ravens got destroyed last week by the Bengals on the road. And uh, they rallied, try to beat the Packers. Couldn't quite happen there. So they're a better home team. We know that in general, the Ravens. So we'll see if they bounce back here. But we know they're really struggling in the secondary. They've lost so many people back there. Marcus Peters was the earliest Marlon Humphrey was the latest. Now Anthony Averett is also banged up here. So this secondary is just being put together by duct tape at this point. So that's good news for your principals. Yet another great matchup for Cooper Cup to explode in. Another wide receiver one delivery. He will come through here. You also have Odell Beckham Jr. on fire, making some plays as well, returning to play a team from the AFC North. So Rams-Ravens, one of those extra games that, came about with this 17-game schedule. So, again, Matthew Stafford, I think he'll bounce back. He had the three interceptions last week that kind of limited his production there, but I think he'll be fine. I mean, the Ravens gave up a lot. We know last week, 525 yards there to Joe Burrow. The week before, they were picked apart by Aaron Rodgers. So, brutal stretch of three quarterbacks this Ravens-depleted defense is facing. So, Stafford locks in as a top-five, top-six QB this week. Yeah, Vodou Beckham Jr., I think he bounces up to wide receiver two this week with what Van Jefferson can do. He has some upside as a wide receiver three. Cooper Cup still in his elite role. Now, the backfield, interesting development. Cam Akers is doing a little bit there on the side, still not totally ready to return here. So, what you're going to see is a lot of Sonny Michelle. They put Daryl Henderson on IR. Or so,. It's slowly pivoting to where we thought it could be that Akers could be healthy and get some work here, but he's getting close to return, so I think he'll be back in the playoffs, but for now, I think Sonny Michel is going to continue to carry the load. He's had some nice games. Keep in mind, this is a pretty tough matchup. The Ravens have been pretty good against the run. Last week, Joe Mixon did produce, and we did have some numbers from A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones the week before, so... I think just be wary of that. It's not the easiest matchup. The Rams are also giving Sonny Michelle only carries. Not a lot of work in the passing game, so he has to get through there. The only help there is that this game script could be extremely positive, much like the one the Bengals enjoyed last week, and the Rams could just blow them out, and that would help Sonny Michel in the second half as the Ravens wear down a little bit. So something to keep in mind. But, yeah, start him if you got him there. I think you bounce uh, Michelle down to RB2 slash RB2. Flex in this matchup where the Vikings game clearly screamed that he could be an RB1, and he came through as such. Tyler Higby, the Ravens do give up a lot to the tight end, but Higby just not getting involved enough, especially with Beckham and Jefferson doing a lot behind cups. So, again, start him if you've got him within reason for the Rams, except for Higby in this one. And the defense, you can also look at the Ravens' offensive line, uh, pretty weak on the edges here all season long. They'll give some sacks in the interiors while they're missing – A key offensive lineman there, Ben Power. So that's going to help Aaron Donald. So Rams defense with General Ramsey facing Marquise Brown. And maybe more of Tyler Huntley this week. Maybe a little bit of Lamar. You can go that direction. Now Lamar, I would uh, pump the brakes. I mean, he needs him to really run to produce in this game. I don't think he's going to pass a lot. So he has a decent floor. But I think that makes him more of a back-end QB1. Maybe a borderline one with QB2 this week. So keep that in mind. Marquise Holly Brown has really gone cold. Jalen Ramsey's not going to help him get hot, folks. I mean, Jalen should be following him everywhere, so Rashad Bateman, things open up for him. The Rams have been pretty vulnerable at times to the tight end, so it's not going to change here. We've seen it with Josh Johnson. We've seen it with Huntley. We've seen Lamar. They've become very Mark Andrews-dependent in the passing game. I think Rashad Bateman could have some success as well, and some garbage time is there for sure. That's a lot what Andrews did last week, operating as a receiver and helping them back in the game, so... He should be very busy, even though the matchup by the numbers doesn't seem like the best ever, but Andrews is just so good right now, it doesn't matter who's quarterbacking, you go there. So, he's a guy you feel great about. You can't go with Devonta De Freeman or Tavis Murray getting touches. Bateman, I think, is a bit of a desperation-wide receiver for play. I think you'll get a bust here if you try to get Hollywood Brown to bounce back in this game against the Rams. And Ravens defense is just a shell of what it was. You cannot trust them in fantasy football. The next game will break down for you as we slip into the 405-425 Eastern Time window there on Sunday. Broncos, Chargers, Chargers five and a half point favorites at home. 45.5 is the over-under. They got blitzed at the Texans last week. The Chargers were heavy favorites in that game. Houston, however, took it to them with the running game. So that's good news for Melvin Gordon. Former Charger, maybe his last revenge game in a Denver uniform here. He is a free agent. Javante Williams, another opportunity. They were really underwhelming. Williams did get this touchdown against the Raiders last week, but they get back on track. I mean, the Chargers made Rex Burkhead look like a Hall of Famer when he was just basically not doing anything for this Texans running game. So that bodes well, especially if Drew Locke is starting again. Teddy Bridgewater not practicing early in the week. So it's a run-heavy approach. Vic Fangio trying to salvage what's left of the season at 7-8. and eight. Maybe there's one last playoff push in them, but to do that, they're going to have to try to win this game, so that's going to be trusting a lot in the running game to complement the defense. Now, the passing game, the Chargers have some COVID-19 issues in the secondary, but Tim Patrick is also on the list for the Broncos, Jerry Judy, and Cortland son. You just really can't hang your helmet on either of those guys in this stage of the season. No Fant has the best matchup, so you could play him as a back-end tight end one here, whether it's a Drew Lock or... Bridgewater in the game, but that's the only place I feel good in the receiving court. So Fant and the tight ends, receivers pump the brakes on. Broncos defense also not going to play them on the road in L.A. Now this is a good bounce back spot for Justin Herbert. He did go for 300 yards last week, so he does get the yardage, and he did throw for 300 in the first meeting in Denver, even though he had the interceptions. It was sloppy. I think he has a better game at home. We'll see if Mike Williams returns, but it looks like for sure Jalen Guyton will be back with Keenan Allen, Jared Cook, there's plenty of weapons there, so just temporary expectations. The Broncos' defense is tough when you look at their secondary and their depth there with Bryce Callahan back. So Justin Herbert more of a end QB1 this week. Austin Eckler is off the COVID-19 list. So Justin Jackson, it was fun while it lasted. One massive game this game, week. The matchup is tougher, although the Broncos did give up 100 yards plus to one Josh Jacobs last week. Eckler's not that type of back. Jackson should get some work, but maybe gives them some deep league flex appeal. Well, Eckler, you're looking at the guy, an RB2, RB1 borderline with some upside this week. Keenan Allen should be involved a little bit more as a possession receiver, so I'm looking at him as a wide receiver, two. It's hard to stretch the field, so I've dropped on Mike Williams to a wide receiver, three. Jared Cook, it looks like uh, Donald Parham is down here for the season with his concussion on the injured reserve, so we'll see uh, Jared Cook probably a little bit more, but you can't go in that direction either, so... Rather the Chargers, their principles are with them, Eckler, Allen, Williams. If you're really in a deeper league and hope that Jackson can have some of the residual performance from last week, to play as a flex, you can look at that for sure this week. But again, he's not going to smash it. He dominated all the touches. Uh, we wish Eckler would get that opportunity. But again, as a smaller back, the Chargers are always a little bit wary about using him because they don't want to wear him down so he can stay quick and fast in the passing game. All right, so Eckler returning. That helps. And we will break down uh, six more games here for you. The final six games on the Week 17 slate through Sunday night football, the Vikings and Packers, and Monday night football, the Browns and the Steelers. Bet online, as you covered this holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues as March to the College Bowl season and the pro football playoffs, bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action of the season. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign today and receive a 50% welcome bonus or first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive a bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, time to continue the show, breaking it down for you. Week 17, the matchups, no nonsense to the point. We want to get there quickly because we know you're busy this holiday season, but you also want to win your fantasy football matchups. So thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the ultimate college football playoff preview here on the Lockdown Network 2021 edition. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football preview is live now, and got to check it out before the games kick off there on Friday afternoon and Friday evening there between Michigan and Georgia and Cincinnati and Alabama. All right, let's uh, continue breaking down NFL games for you as we near the playoffs here in this sport. The Texans, 12.5-point underdogs as they go to the 49ers. This hasn't changed much. Let's uh, start with the 49ers here because Trey Lance is going to start. Jimmy Garoppolo, right thumb injury, very serious. Maybe he'll be on the shelf for a while, but at least for this game, I would... Really, see, it's hard for Garoppolo to get in there. They also want to maybe see what Trey Lance has got. It's a good matchup. They're heavily favored here. They can win by running the ball, so that's going to help Trey Lance. We'll look about Eli Mitchell. He got limited practice in there. He could return. That could complicate things as Jeff Wilson has looked pretty good the past two weeks as well. Not really a sh- committee type guy, Shannon is. If one guy's healthy, we've seen that. He gives him the ball mostly and just a few other touches in the passing game. So, I would expect Mitchell to maybe see a big workload that's going to hurt uh, Jeff Wilson and his usage there. So let's watch out for Mitchell. If he can go, then I don't think Wilson is playable. Mitchell's in there. I think they would trust him that he's healthy enough to be the lead back here. Now, George Kittle should rebound nicely in this game. The Titans are pretty tough on the tight end. Houston is not. So Kittle should go off here and rebound. Debo Samuel. You got uh, Brandon Ayuk. All your principles get them in. Ayuk is a wide receiver three. Samuel is a wide receiver one. George Kittle is an elite tight end one. Again, yeah, Trey Lance is in there, but this matchup is very favorable. He can also give you some rushing upside playing off those guys in the backfield. So, love, love Trey Lance as a streamer this week. A lot more if I did if Garoppolo was in there, because I think they're going to let him loose a little bit. So, love that 49ers defense as well. Robbie Gold, everything you can get in San Francisco. main wise you go with in this game. For Houston, Brandon Cooks is off the COVID-19 list here. So, he's a must-start here. He'll bounce back, rested last week against the Chargers. Uh, Chris Conley did play well last week, but part of it was what like Cooks was out. 49ers secondary is a mess. Should be some garbage time there. So Cooks locks in back in as a wide receiver too this week. Rex Burkhead, look, he's the guy getting volume right now. David Johnson still battling his injury here. So Burkhead... Look, volume is king sometimes, and Burkhead is talented enough to take advantage of that. It's a middle-of-the-road matchup against the 49ers, so if you need Burkhead and you like what he did last week, plug him and play him this week as an RD2 or flex, depending on the size of your league. So Burkhead gives someone else relevance in this offense. If you need a DFS play as well, uh, Davis Mills has continued to play really well here. He gets Cooks back, is locked on Conley, the young receivers as well. So DFS, a sneaky stack with... Mills and Cooks uh, once again here with the volume generated here. And again, if you need Burkhead, you can use him there in this game as well. Let's uh, flip over to Cardinals-Cowboys. The Cowboys are 5.5 point favorites at home. This is the biggest over-under total of the week. 51 and a half with Kyler, Marnie, Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott. That said, I don't really like Kyler Murray in this game. He hasn't played all that well. This Cowboys defense is pretty tough here overall. We know that uh, on every level with Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons and their deep defensive line rotation. So that doesn't bode well for Kyler Murray. He's in a bit of a slump. He doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins. So I think you'll see some volume from Christian Kirk, and he's a volume-based play for me. as was a wide receiver two with uh, some wide receiver one upside. He has good history against the Cowboys. had two touchdowns against them, one long, one short. Last season, there, so he, he can produce. He can also be moved around a little bit. A.J. Green, unfortunately, is going to be the guy probably getting digs here. I know digs can be burned. He's kind of a gambling type corner, but Green is an older type of veteran receiver, so that's going to help digs in this matchup slow someone down on the other side. So for the Cardinals, going and Kyle Murray, don't really love Chase Edmonds or James Conner if they play together. I think mean, you're going to still play them probably as more flex plays there at best here if they're both in the lineup if Conner can return from his heel injury. They could catch passes and do damage that way, but the Cowboys are pretty limited there. So I feel better if it's Chase Edmonds without Connor in this game, but if it's uh, Connor and Edmonds, it kind of splits the difference and hurts where they might get their touches in a game where the Cowboys are not going to allow a lot lot of rushing yards, scores, or uh, receiving there in general. So keep that in mind when you think about Edmonds and Connor. So typically plays Murray, Edmonds, and Connor, but maybe pump the brakes here. Christian Kirk I like. I also like Zach Ertz. The Cowboys have tried to upgrade and be a little bit better at tight end coverage this year with their safeties, but Ertz is still seeing the ball quite a bit. Last week they did allow a touchdown there as well to Washington from that position. So Ertz still going to get a with volume of catches and targets here, but let's hope he can sneak in the end zone. Feeling it as a former Eagle facing a nemesis there in the NFC East in Dallas. So that's how you look at their Cardinals defense. You can't go there. They're not playing well right now. Dak Prescott's on fire. He's a QB one, we know that for sure. Ezekiel Elliott continued to play well through the knee injury, getting good scoring opportunities. as his offense has become more explosive. We need more about from Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb. Amari Cooper's fine; he did score last week, but Ceedee Lamb has been quiet. Michael Gallup's been quiet. This is actually a good matchup for your other receivers in the Byron Murphy has been pretty good, so on the outside, he might be able to contain Cooper, but they're really thin. Robert Alford's on IR. You got uh, their other secondary guy in injury mode here so the replacement is not very good and you look at the Alford absence here Murphy's been good but he's a bit of a gambler so good matchups all around for these Cowboys wide receivers so in order you go Mark Cooper wide receiver one CeeDee Lamb wide receiver two Michael Gallup wide receiver three in this particular matchup Elliott can smash it Tony Pollard if you want to extend to him the Cardinals really struggled against the run the past few weeks so keep that in mind Pollard might get some good touches here beyond Ezekiel Elliott to play as a deep league flex Cowboys defense in your lineup every week. So, yeah, everyone you got, Prescott, uh, Elliott, and Pollard this week, and the three receivers, and Dalton Schultz. You can put him in as well. The Cardinals uh, are typically good against the tight end but allowed a game last week there to the Colts. So I really like uh, this uh, production there that's going to come from Dalton Schultz. So. Everyone has an opportunity to score and uh, do some damage with yardage and catches here for the Cowboys. So start them if you got them, within reason for Dallas as well. Panther Saints is the final game we'll talk about in the segment here. Six and a half point favorites. The Saints are at home coming off the Monday night disaster. Their 20-3 loss to the Dolphins. Panthers are a different story. 38 and a half only is the over-under, so you don't want a lot of attachment to this game. Low-scoring nature, but... Let's start with the Carolina. Sam Darnold is going to start over Cam Newton here. So we'll see if the Cam Newton wrinkle comes in the red zone. But absolutely not now with Darnold back. You cannot trust him to put up the numbers there. And uh, DJ Moore is going to get Marshawn Lattimore. The guy that I think could be productive here is Robbie Anderson playing off Moore here against that Lattimore matchup. We saw that last week. The Dolphins avoided it with Devontae Parker and Lattimore. I think the Panthers will do the same. if DJ Moore sees a lot of him. They want to get the ball to DJ Moore, but I think Anderson's going to have easier to go. He did have 10 targets last week, even though he only caught five there against the Buccaneers. So, Robbie Anderson, to me, has kind of gone back to where he was the early part of last season, being the number one. It's kind of interesting how it's yo-yoed. You had Anderson, then Moore, took over, then back to Anderson here in this particular offense. Uh, and we know he plays well in December. He plays with old Darnold in December. And the matchup says, uh, and the game script says... Anderson might be the most productive receiver here for the Panthers. You can't go with Chuba Hubbard, and Amir Abdullah in the backfield. The Saints are that good against uh, stopping the run. They're also good stopping the tight end. So pretty much DJ Moore, temper expectations, drop to wide receiver three and lift Robbie Anderson more as a potential wide receiver two this week. and this one, I do like the Saints defense at home here to deliver against Carolina. So good, good situation here for Really, New Orleans to bounce back. Taysom Hill, like his chances here, he's off the COVID-19 list. He'll run well on the Panthers. You also have the uh, ability of Alvin Kamara to get going here. We don't know about the offensive tackles, Teron Armstead and uh, Ryan ramjeck here, so that's going to be a bit of a concern. But overall, you you look at the Panthers and Saints, uh, again, low-scoring game. Don't expose yourself too much to it, but this could be a big rebound game for sure for Kamara and, uh, and receiver. You can't start Treyquan Smith. He has a shoulder injury here. So the guy that we're looking at here is Marques Callaway. He's the best connection with Taysom Hill. He's emerged as a wide receiver three. He was productive even without Hill and Ian Book last week. So if you need somebody there, Anderson and Callaway are the guys I might go with in this game if you're looking for wide receiver help here in week 17. All right, uh, we really appreciate you listening to Lockdown Fantasy Football all year long. Don't forget, even after the season is done, we're going to keep bringing you inside analysis there. We got free agency in the draft, and we got to analyze fantasy football from that perspective. So we kind of get into keeper mode, preview next year, all season long there until we get back into August and get into full fantasy football draft prep. So it's a year long progressive. We're with you uh, five days a week, most weeks here on on Locked on Fantasy Football. We really appreciate you listening and checking us out here. All right, it's time to close the show looking at the three final matchups here from Week 17. We do have another 425 Eastern Time game. It's the Lions and Seahawks. The Seahawks are seven-point home favorites. Another NFC North foe comes in town. The Seahawks lost to the Bears last week. The Lions A little bit more lowly, but good numbers there for DK Metcalf, who finally found the end zone. Again, only 41 receiving yards, but Metcalf, a big playmaker, special. Lions have no one in the secondary to stop him, so Metcalf, I think, stays hot. Tyler Lockett gets back on track here as well, so Lockett and Metcalf will do their thing. Rashad Penny controlling the backfield here the way Chris Carson one did, so this is kind of what the Seahawks wanted to be, a little bit like last year's team, but open it up a little bit, so... Good spots here all around. So DK Metcalf, going to look at him as a wide receiver. Two with upside, wide receiver one with upside here for Lockett as he bounces back as the Lions cannot cover the slot. Rashad Penny, this matchup is good enough to be an RB1. He's a little bit banged up with a growing injury, but he'll be good to go here and see the big workload. He's the hot hand, and he's doing a lot of great running here for the Seahawks. So defense as well, you can stream them. They didn't really come through against Chicago, but Detroit... Early in the week, uh, Jared Goff off the COVID-19 list, but he has a knee injury issue. So we'll see how that plays out here ahead of this game and uh, see if he can go. But yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown, he's on fire here for the Lions. You can put him in there as a wide receiver too. That's how much he's been productive here without TJ Hawkins at a tight end. Josh Reynolds is on the COVID-19 list, so you really can't trust anything else here. So for the Lions, uh, the big development, however, is DeAndre Swift. Full practice there. He's on track to return. So... If you thought DeAndre Swift was not going to be available the rest of the time this season, well, surprise, surprise, he's going to be there. So that pretty much squashes the value of Craig Reynolds. It uh, pretty much uh, makes Jamal Williams a flex play in deep leagues at best. So Swift, they might ease his workload here coming off, but lines have nothing to lose. They need to see what Swift can do. I know they've been careful with him a lot last this season and last season, but... This is a chance to get him loose here and get him going, maybe spark this offense a little bit more. So DeAndre Swift. Let's be conservative and say he's more of an RB2 this week and a little bit even more peel in PPR at half point. Here as he returns as an integral part of this offense, you Ross St. Brown, be aggressive with him as wide receiver too. Nothing else to see here with the Lions here in this game. And so pretty much the principles, the matchup should play out like we think here between Detroit and Seattle. Let's go to Minnesota and Green Bay. This is uh, Sunday Night Football. The Packers are six and a half point favorites. 47.5 is the over-under. I think this one is going to be a scoring fest. Dalvin Cook set to return from his COVID-19 list day, so that kills Alexander Madison's value. Adam Thielen's not going to play. He's been put on IR, so shut down for what could be the rest of the season here. If the Vikings make the playoffs, we'll see if he can return. But Thielen just wasn't feeling it with the ankle aggravated last week. So more of K.J. Osborne in this matchup. Justin Jefferson, you have Jair Alexander on the other side, but keep in mind Jalen Ramsey was on the other side of Justin Jefferson that didn't really slow him down last week so for a lot of that to game so you can't, and Alexander's just going to be returning from a shoulder injury if he can go in this game, so keep all that in mind so Justin Jefferson locked in as a wide receiver one, Dalvin Cook is an RB one KJ Osborne comes in as a wide receiver three, now early the week Tyler Conklin did miss practice with a hamstring injury, I wouldn't play him anyway. He's a very low upside play at tight end. So a lot of Jefferson and Osborne and Cook in this game for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins should be rather productive as well in in a potential shootout or garbage time scenario against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on the other side. So everything lines up well there for the Vikings. Uh, You're going to avoid the Vikings defense depleted. They might be without Harrison Smith even this week. He's got three injuries he's battling through trying to play this week. So Vikings, again, principals, Cook, Jefferson, now Osborne in there. Avoid Conklin, put in Cousins, and that's how you break it down for Minnesota. Packers defense, if you want to go that way, it's a primetime emotional bump here. The Vikings have been pretty tight in protecting the ball, we know that. The Rams had limited production last week, but again, maybe go from the emotional home team Bump here, and Rashawn Gary, Rasul Douglas, these guys can make some plays for you and get the numbers you need, especially if Alexander returns. That gives them a little bit more upside to make plays, even though the Vikings might have good success running and passing the ball. Now, finally, we go to the Packers side of things. Devontae Adams is good to go here with his uh, just fine play. He's just been dominating here. The Vikings secondary mess with Patrick Peterson and others here for Green Bay. Now Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Gandling Start your own risk, but I think the Packers can pretty much do whatever they want with their principals. There'll be Adams, Aaron Jones out of the backfield, A.J. Dillon out of the backfield. I still think uh, you'll see a nice game from Aaron Rodgers at home. It could be a little bit of a sneaky shootout. So, yes, you can start Alan Lazard or Marquez Valdez-Gandling, but keep in mind you're a bit big payment dependent on NBS and you're a bit touchdown dependent there on Lazard. As long as you go in with that understanding, I think you just are fine with that this week here in fantasy football. Finally, it's the Browns-Steelers game there. It's a three-point favorites. Uh, The Browns are on the road here. It's a 41 over-under. I like the Steelers in this game. It's prime time. This is Ben Roethlisberger's last home game. He's really owned the Browns over the years, including a 15-10 victory in Cleveland, early in the season. Let's quickly go down to the Steelers. Not playing Chase Claypool. Get him out of the mix. We'll see if Pat Freermuth returns. Then he's in there from his concussion. He's always there. The Browns struggle a bit in covering the tight end. Deontay Johnson, you can't bench him. He's one of the most consistent fantasy football assets as a wide receiver, too, with touchdown upside every week. So, he's in there. Claypool just has not been producing. Najee Harris, good bounce back game last week against the Chiefs with his volume. That's going to happen again, even though the Browns are pretty good against the run. So, Stick with what you have. Harrison, RB1, RB2 borderline. Johnson, a wide receiver two floor this week. Not going to play Roethlisberger. And Freeman if he's in there, he's going to be targeted quite a bit in Big Ben's last game, you figure, as well. Plug and play him and hope for he gets his touchdown that uh, validates his value. Steelers and Browns defenses you can play as well. if The 15-10 results from the first one say that. Steelers might give up quite a bit in the running game, but still can tee off with Baker Mayfield and the mistakes there. that are likely to come. On the Brown side of things, you're not playing Mayfield, but I do like Jarvis Landry. The Steelers do struggle with the slot. Good volume, decent game for him, especially in half-point and full-point PPR. Nick Chubb, we know he's going to dominate here. The Steelers' run defense is terrible. Chubb is the only way the Browns are going to win this game, feeding him a lot in the running and passing game with Kareem Hunt. It's likely to miss another game for them, so all the setup here for Nick Chubb to smash it in this game quite a bit and uh, Jarvis Landry to help in the passing game. Tight ends are just too piecemeal now with Harris Bryant and uh, just looking at usage there between him and Austin Hooper and David Njoku can't go there this week here. So Browns again limited there to Landry and what you get from Chubb and same thing with the Steelers very similarly except Johnson's on the slot, Johnson and Harris for them in this game. And the Browns defense you can play, Miles Garrett uh, could get some sacks, uh, some potential there against Ben Roethlisberger. So... I expect this to be a grindy, run-heavy, ugly defensive-minded game. So beyond one receiver, I don't see uh, being very productive in this game for either side. So there you have it. There's a breakdown there for you of the games on the back end of the Week 17 schedule. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Don't forget tomorrow we'll close the week and the year with our Lineup Friday show, looking at. Uh, the DFS values there, we'll spend a little bit more time on them with no uh, Thursday night football reaction needed this week with no Thursday night football. Then we'll close looking at the injury updates and COVID-19 updates. You need to know there going into the Sunday and Monday games of Week 17. Now make your second list of Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available for you on all platforms. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this is Vin- Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. Enjoy your Thursday and see you for New Year's Eve tomorrow on Lineup Friday.